time to talk training, fitness, and health on the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're not doctors, dietitians, or physiologists. We're professional coaches, and your hosts, Cody and Kathy Waite. We've worked with hundreds of endurance athletes over the last 15 years through our training facility, plans, and programs. Within this podcast, we're sharing our own training and racing experiences, along with the knowledge gained from working with our athletes. We'll be shedding light on the training methodologies that we've found to be the most successful in making you a fitter and faster cyclist. All right, welcome back. I'm Cody Waite. I'm Kathy Waite. And we're your hosts of the Weight Endurance Podcast. We are on to episode number 70, and today we're going to talk about what we consider the key base building workouts. We're a couple of weeks into our base builder program, um, and these workouts that we want to talk about are something that are kind of the foundation, or we're doing these workouts every week in the program, and then layering on top of that some other higher intensity work as, as we go, but these key workouts are kind of the bread and butter. The bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Cody, what have we been up to? We, we got a little behind again in our um, hoped-for schedule of having these podcasts, and it was there were some good reasons. Yeah. For, well, first of all, we had the holidays. Was it that long ago we last podcast? I think yeah. it was right before Yeah, it's holiday, all been Christmas. a blur again. Yeah, so we went home for the holidays. Isn't that a song? Home? Anyway. No, don't do that. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. We... Had like a whirlwind week. We drove back to Denver from Arizona, saw the fam, all the holiday stuff, and it was really great and yep. exhausting. Yes. Came back down to Arizona, and then what did we get to do? Then we dove headfirst into our We Development team camps. It was so much fun. Right. So those of you unfamiliar, We Development is our nonprofit junior, well, junior and U23 mountain bike racing team um, that we coach and manage, and... Yeah, the program has grown bigger. We've talked about it, I think, in last episodes. But this year we introduced two team camps where historically we've had a smaller group, right? And we've mm-hmm. done just one. It's been a week long. These we did two, like, half weeks, but separated the juniors and the U23 groups. We thought that would make make things run more smoothly. Well, it, we had to think about the trail congestion, too. So it was right. the only way to do it. But I thought it wouldn't really great everyone seemed to like each other well the crazy part is that we didn't we hadn't even met some of these kids in person it it had been zoom interaction or phone calls and texts for the past three Mm -hmm. months and it was really a pleasure to get to know them personally in fact douglas from georgia when he first saw us that morning in the parking lot he rode his bike up to us and he said you are real (laughs) (laughs) and yeah you do exist right right it was really cute and that's how I felt about meeting them. And uh, when the for the junior camp, we also got the privilege of meeting the parents, right? Because they traveled mostly down. traveled with their parents down yep. here. So we had a a full parking lot that first morning. We had like twenty six riders, I think, including Sophia mm-hmm. and their parents. Who were, it felt like the kids were being dropped off to kindergarten. Everyone was anxiously awaiting like, right, right. the announcements and. It was it was just a really good week, didn't you think? Yeah, it was great. I mean, the the team format I think worked really well. We did we met right away for a ride, so it was like that morning, nine a.m. We got to organize. Of course, we were a little behind schedule, but that's totally fine and expected. Um, we got a couple three hours ish mm-hmm. of riding um, here in like the North Scottsdale area, and then we had a team dinner at a park. We kept everything outside to kind of make it as COVID kosher as possible um so an outdoor picnic dinner um that first evening which was great everyone got to kind of connect and chit chat and then the next day we did a little bit shorter ride so we had room for paintball in the afternoon i think that was the highlight for most oh my gosh yeah there was a lot of laughter and you know screams that people got hit because it's painful Sophia hit me right in the head and thought that was funny, and it was very painful. Um, but it was just, a, yeah, a great afternoon. Yeah, I mean, it's a great... What we like to try to do each each year with these team camps is do something non-biking related so the group can kind of just get to know each other a little mm-hmm. bit better without their helmets and chamois on. And you get to kind of know maybe a little bit more about people. But that was a really good one. I think paintball will stick in our regular routine for team camp. You know, I will say also that the highlight for me of the week was having the owner of the paintball or the manager of the paintball facility 
compliment us profusely on what a nice group of kids we had. Yeah. Like, it chokes me up. He's like, we have never had such a nice group of kids here. Please come back. Right, right. That is a good feeling for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. We have a great group of kids. And then that last day, we did a little bit longer ride out at the McDowell Mountain Park, um, which is like on the east side of Phoenix, where they hold the Cactus Cup mountain bike race mm-hmm. and many other local races. And that was really fun, too. That was, depending on how much energy people had, it was three to five hours worth of riding. There were some uh, tears. On that day. <laughs> <laughs> some of the kids were getting tired. Yeah. But it, then, was, it was a good, a and, good route. And then we got a day to recover and do some laundry and then started up the exact same schedule with the older group much smaller group yeah we trimmed it down to 12 is that what it was yeah so much smaller group definitely a different feel and dynamic the first morning instead of everyone being on time the reason we didn't leave on the junior camp day one on time is because we had some paperwork to fill out and we were passing out snacks and it was really like our fault if you want to call it that that's not how it was day one of the u23 camp like they just march the beat of their own drum they wake up late (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they just move. They forget things. Uh, they don't have their parents driving them. To yeah, get it was them so there. funny to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was the same deal again and um, really good time and I think everyone enjoyed it too. So that kept us definitely busy. Those those were like two weeks right there where we had basically we could accomplish nothing else but holidays and then um, team camp. So yeah, we've been pretty busy. And then we're working on um, our 2022 kit store. So I've had a lot of emails from our athletes and um, podcast listeners. Are we going to do kits again this year? Yes, we are doing kits. Um, we're about two weeks away. I think right around the 1st of February. I don't know if it will be the 1st, but right around there. We'll have the store open um, for that. Hopefully I'll be able to share some designs here in the coming week. But uh, two weeks from now, kit store will be open. We're working, we'll have a really nice kind of... I guess you call it a race kit, you know, like the typical bibs, jersey, you know, kind of racer looking um, kit with all the logos and such. And then we're going to do something different this year and have a second kit that's a little bit more subdued, I guess is the word, and more maybe like gravel oriented um, Mm -hmm. in the sense that there'll be fewer logos, uh, you know, more of those earth tony colors, not necessarily our like brand company colors and just more artsy as opposed to racy looking i guess and that'll be a curie has the really cool bib shorts called the pioneer bibs with the pockets like on the thighs and the like the lower back on the shorts and then there'll be like a baggy short as well that can be worn over those or just on their own and then like a loose fitting kind of technical t-shirt for riding um and then also like a a gravel jersey that I guess is just a little looser fit, but still some pockets. Mm. So it'll yeah, be... people might might really enjoy that option. Yeah, it's less like billboardy, so you could like mm-hmm. not that you'd go to lunch in it, but you could, I guess. If like, you want extra chamois time, if you want <laughs> exactly extra <laughs> chamois time. So yeah, stay tuned for that. So uh, probably on our next podcast, two weeks from now, um, it'll be up and going or very close. Uh, have we been up to anything else? Mm, no. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Uh, well, we do have one big announcement that I've been working on for many weeks here. Yes, this one's exciting. Yeah, that I'm really happy to announce. We have a podcast sponsor in The Feed. Um, the Feed, if you're unfamiliar, is a wonderful website, thefeed.com. That is a nutrition store for predominantly, I'd say, endurance athletes. Mm-hmm. So it's every bar, drink, gel, waffle... Uh, you can imagine in other things. Um, and then also some cool like training recovery tools in there um, and, th- and things like that. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop for You're endurance right. athletes to keep fed. And did we get connected with the feed because of Leadville last year? Yeah. So one of the higher-up guys there is a big Leadville guy. He's actually yeah. training in our Leadville program, Brandon. And um, he had followed our podcast over the years, followed our training program, training plans the last couple of years, really liked them, and we connected after the race in Leadville. Yeah, and, I remember he and his wife walked up. Yeah. And they were very friendly. Yeah, super great guy, and um, I started learning more about his company, and um, it's it's just a really cool place. So thefeed.com, they're going to sponsor our, our podcast, so we're going to kind of reference them. Every show, you may be thinking like, oh, goody, um, I'll hit the fast forward button here. But but before but you do. before you do. Yes, the feed has stepped up big time. And they're offering 
a couple different things here for our podcast listeners. The first and foremost one is if you set up an account with them, and I'll give you a special link. Um, it's called thefeed.com. It's sort of a long one. Slash team slash we, W-E, dash podcast, dash 2022. Mm-hmm. And don't fret. I'll put that in the show notes as a hyperlink. Click on that, set up an account, and they'll drop 20 bucks credit to get you started. And you can order whatever you want. That's off. nice. Yeah, super cool. And then what we're going to be doing over the whole season coming up is we're going to be sampling and testing and reviewing and for whatever it's worth giving our two cents on various what products we do. right? <laughs> that they sell. So we'll have different brands or products each show, each episode. Um, we'll give you what we think of it, um, maybe why you'd use it, how you'd use it, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. And then you'll also get a 10% discount on that specific brand or product for that uh i think it'll last a week or two i think two weeks in between episodes that you as the podcast listener could get on order up um whatever that brand of the week was and get a 10 percent discount on that well that really highlights the fun of this website anyway that you can log in and have like a superstore right you know you're not just logging into one brand's website and getting a box of X number, X style bars. Right. But uh, like our daughter Sophia just got her box today and oh my gosh, it was so much fun for her to open up the box. It was like Christmas. It was yeah. a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And how fun to try the new stuff. For sure. And it has all the big names that you maybe already are aware of, but then it also has some smaller boutique brands of bars and drinks and gels that, you know, maybe you haven't tried. So it's fun to um, try it. So... So what did we try this week? So yeah, to get us started, um, they sent us a little care package of the brand Never Second, mm-hmm. which is pretty new. Um, I mean, I became aware of it, I think, only as early as like this year, like 2021. So yeah. I think they're a newer brand. Yeah, I saw a kid we follow posting about their products. Yeah, so Never Second, or N2 for short, um, their primary uh Items are essentially gels and a drink mix. Mm-hmm. And I've been informed they are coming out with a few additional things in the coming weeks here soon. Um, but what we sample were the gels and the drinks. So they're what they call their C30 energy gel and their C30 sport drink mix. And this, the 30, the C30 is you're getting 30 grams of carbohydrates per serving um, is how that works. So the gels themselves have 120 calories, to them and then the drink pack for for like a standard bike water bottle size is also 120 calories then in your bottle mm, okay so um, what, what did you think about both of the items i thought they were they were great um i mean they have uh what i like which is the two to one glucose to fructose ratio mm-hmm. it's kind of becoming sort of the gold standard i think okay. uh, we talked about that post leadville about um the sis beta fuel same similar thing um gets that like two-way carbohydrate delivery that can you can absorb more carbohydrates that way as opposed to if you just had fructose or just glucose um having like a two to one ratio of the two um and so yeah it really gave you the expected sustained carbohydrate delivery for energy the one thing and i'll put it like a little caveat on this we are uh the last several years we've relied heavily on science and sport gels and beta fuel mix and also Mm -hmm. their recovery drink um so a lot of our reference points will be based off of that just so our listeners know but i would say the gels are very similar to science and sport would you yeah the consistency consistency. of the mixture yeah it went down what is that the viscosity of it like viscosity yeah it like just went down really easily i i do not tolerate the standard type you know, goo or gel, hammer gel, whatever. Well, like I think it's like really goopy and very difficult to swallow and you Mm -hmm. always have to chase it with a water bottle. Exactly. Yeah. So these are isotonic, just like science and sport, meaning in theory, you could consume them without water. Which I always have. And I appreciate that. I think I liked, um, now we only tried two flavors of this never second gel and I didn't like the flavors as much as my favorites from SIS. That doesn't mean I wouldn't also have favorites of this brand. Right. Um, I did appreciate the number one thing I liked about this this item was that I could rip off like the top part of the yeah gel the package notch. way easier. I, like I really struggle on the SIS ones. I always have to snip 
mm. like the sides of it. It can be tricky. And I can't, there's something, my jaw doesn't close that so way. So easier opening Way package. easier to open. And okay. I liked it as sort of like a salty, sweet flavor. That part I, yeah. I appreciated. I was going to mention that the gels. So one thing that the standard science and sport gels do not have is mm-hmm. much, if any, sodium in them. Oh, And these okay. have a fair bit. In fact, I would call them salty. Uh, I might... That, that that's gonna be a huge draw for me then, yeah because it's a nice I, i'm a heavy sweater right so that so that is a big benefit over science and sport the other thing that's a little bit different is science and sport gels because they are popular a lot of people will reference them um or will know how to compare they have 90 calories mm-hmm. per packet these have 120 calories per packet so they're a little heavier yeah. load on, on the carbohydrate side okay. that's why i think they're a little thicker too like you said Compared to the science and yeah, sport. Yeah, just a little bit, but they're still easy to get down. Right. And then the newest science and sport beta fuel gels have like 160, so they're like double. And they're actually a little difficult to get down. They're a little thicker, yeah. too. Yeah. So this is kind of like a nice little Yeah, I am really glad we got to try it. Yeah. Because um, I was like sold on SIS. Like, that's the only gel I'm ever going to take. But I could be persuaded to switch over to this one. Right. The easier tab to open and the... More sodium. The salt, yeah, exactly. And then the drink, 120 calories in a bottle. I wouldn't call this like a high carbohydrate drink, mm-hmm. but it. So I don't know if I'd necessarily race with it, um, mm-hmm. especially like long endurance races. But because I'm going to want more personally, um, carbohydrates in my bottle. But from a training standpoint, it's kind of a nice amount because like the 300 to 350 calorie bottle drinks mm-hmm. sometimes are a bit much They're in training way too much because you're not drinking quite as much because you're not going as hard or it's colder out or whatever and, it's, and it feels too syrupy and sweet yeah your mouth. mouth gets funky yeah. and everything so these are definitely lighter on the palate i agree as well as the calories but maybe just enough that you're getting that trickle of calories in and it's a very clean flavor that we tried the citrus and the forest berry yeah i, I like the it. citrus a lot and it was i actually like the berry better oh did you yeah <laughs> <laughs> there you go each did their own um, oh, yeah. and then the one last little thing, the gel, we also had a caffeine version, yeah. um, which I didn't mind at all where science and sport caffeine oh, yeah, gels right. Taste metallic. are horrible <laughs> in my opinion, tasting wise. That's true. And the only reason I didn't love the caffeine gel from never second was because I don't care for espresso flavored anything like a coffee unless flavor. I'm going to have an espresso. Right. Right. But it did not taste metallic-y. Like the SAS yeah, gels do. I didn't mind at all. Gels. I have to force down some caffeinated Interesting. gels. Interesting. I hadn't one, thought about that. I didn't mind. Okay. So. Well, it sounds like we liked it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good product. And then the products coming, I'm told, is a much higher like double dose or maybe more calorie concentrated drink mix. Okay. Um, and then I think it was like a some gels or something. But it's a good company um, and a new brand. So 10% code, good for the next two weeks. Um we podcast dash n2 dash tfp oh my god 10 okay. and i'll put that in the <laughs> show notes just look at the show notes yeah because you lost me halfway through that okay well maybe some people are out there writing stuff down taking heavy okay, duty sure they are. <laughs> <laughs> all right so check them out never second um at the feed.com yeah and i they sent me a new hat and i love it yeah. I'm not even a hat wearer, and I've been wearing it all the time. Yeah, you have. You have. I know, it's kind of funny. You like it, yeah. Um, okay, let's jump into these workouts. I love doing them, and I love talking about them. I'm very excited to talk about it. Uh, what do you want to just say right from the beginning yeah. about why we're doing these aerobic base building workouts? So let's set it up. So yeah, these are the key or kind of the foundation workouts of building one's base. And really, it goes beyond that. Like these kind of these three workouts that we're going to mention – really can be utilized within an entire season. So even in your mid-season you know, period of training, you're still going to do aerobic endurance rides. You're probably still going to do some aerobic threshold. Maybe not aerobic strength, but maybe after a short break mid-season or something like that. Right. But, um, so these are like the, the fundamental ones in our own personal base building program and training plans. These three workouts are in definitely the aerobic just endurance ride is every single week, right. sometimes twice in a week, depending if you're high or low volume. The aerobic threshold, there's a lot of those um, on there, and as well as the aerobic strength workouts on like a, as a part of a weekend ride, typically. And the other little side note on these two, well, let's get into them first before I get too sidetracked. So <laughs> it all boils down to 
the importance of these and why they're so critical is riding slowly, riding easily is critical to building one's aerobic infrastructure. So when we're talking about aerobic base building, we're talking about building that aerobic infrastructure. So that's building your heart muscle. You know, your heart's a muscle. You want it to be bigger so you can pump more blood per beat, right? You can deliver more blood and therefore more oxygen to your working muscles. And then other things like mitochondria proliferation and developing all the blood vessels and capillaries in your muscles. Um, those are some of the biggies of uh, aerobic base building. And then also utilizing fat for fuel and relying less on carbohydrates at low to moderate intensities. So when you do ramp it up to higher intensities, you have carbohydrates at your disposal in, you know, in a race situation. Right. Um, so that's, that's the, why they're important. Um, and hopefully that hits home of like, you've got to ride slowly to create these aerobic gains. If you ride too fast, you're going to swing the needle of carbo of fat burning to the carbohydrate burning sides of things. You're going to improve maybe the musculature and, and some power output perhaps, but you're going to miss out on all that aerobic infrastructure development. Yeah. We just can't stop talking about it because it's so crucial. Yeah. It's like not, it's like building a house, but not putting in a good foundation. Exactly. That's so blase or on the nose, but it's, it's true. Right. So we keep talking about the workouts because we really, really hope that that connects with people that they, they will just like trust the process and just slow down a little bit. Right. Yeah, and as we've started our 2022 base builder program and our Leadville Base Plus Race program with our adult athletes and then also our junior athletes, it's so intrinsic, I think, for competitive people to want to go harder mm -hmm. all the time, you know, because it, whether it feels good or it feels productive or that's how they think they're going to get faster. Get, we've had so many conversations over the last two weeks, mm -hmm. like t reminding our athletes, like, we need to slow down. Right. You know, your aerobic threshold interval is too high. Slow down. Bring the heart rate down. You know, you're, we had a number of people doing our aerobic test for the first time that they ended up doing, like, a time trial, like a typical 20-minute FTP test rather than our aerobic test. Right. Because, like, they don't understand, like, that's not what we're looking for. We want you to slow down. So the three key workouts... First and foremost, just the basic zone two aerobic endurance ride. That's pretty straightforward. And how would you define that? So that is just, for most people, just going out and riding at a comfortable, perhaps slow, depending on how fit you are, uh, but just like a nice comfortable, as if you were going to go ride all day, even if you're going to go for a two-hour ride. Mm -hmm. it's Think <clears throat> about the pace you would go if you were going to go ride for six hours, you know. That would be the pace. A comfortably conversational, a comfortable conversational pace. Right. Okay. Um, all of these three workouts that we're going to cover, we train. We yeah, we train by heart rate, or we're we're keep we're sticking within heart rate parameters as opposed to power parameters. Mm -hmm. The heart rate is king. Heart rate is king. Reason being, I think it's quite makes perfect sense. We're training our aerobic system, which in a simple fact, it's like our, it's, we're training our heart essentially. Mm -hmm. So why would we not monitor our heart and have that as our guide as to we need to go a little harder or back off and go a little slower. So we train by heart rate, but if you have power at your disposal, we want to see where your power is. What, what is your average power at the end of that zone two ride? Or if you're doing some zone two intervals as you get more fit, um, what is your average power that you're doing and, and see what kind of power you're doing at these aerobic efforts. And over time, you're looking for more power at that same aerobic heart rate target for that workout. So what is the heart rate zone requirements for a zone two ride? So zone two aerobic endurance, typically I'll tell people keeping your heart rate below 75%. If you have a really low heart rate or you're extremely conditioned, you may have to put a lower parameter on there as well. Like, let's keep your heart rate at least 60, maybe 65% up to 75%. So like our junior athletes and most of our less fit adult athletes, the, the, usually just going for a ride, they're going to have a hard time keeping it like 
they're not going to have a problem keeping their heart rate up high enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But the zone then would be basically 60 or 65% up to 75%. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's easy riding. Um, A lot of people need to slow down. Second workout. This is more, if you want to say zone three, aerobic threshold intervals. So these are more similar to uh, tempo type of pace, although not exactly. Depends on the athlete, actually. The more fit you are, these definitely become kind of a tempo. And if you're extremely fit, these might even become more of a sweet spot sort of workout by power, if you're looking at power being produced. If you're not as fit, it might be a little under uh, uh, tempo. So it's like maybe more like an upper aerobic. What? Yeah, I think what you're saying is really interesting and important. So maybe you could just give like some numbers so it makes it more clear. Like it's fun to talk about how fit you are aerobically. I mean, this is why you do well at Leadville. So when you are doing an aerobic threshold workout, Cody, and you're keeping your heart rate between 75 and 80% of your max, Mm -hmm. what kind of power are you producing? So in season, let's say like prepping for Leadville last year, Mm -hmm. um, I was – hovering around 285 290 depends okay. how long the interval was some of the longer ones closer to 280 some of the shorter ones 290 so okay, that's 285 yeah 285 now what is you at that moment when you were producing 285 watts in your aerobic zone threes um reference mm-hmm. what was your ftp so what percentage of your ftp were you doing for that those intervals yeah so the percentage of the ftp was um around 90% of FTP. So I think my FTP middle of summer was uh, probably like 330 okay. or so. so and would you say that holding 90% of your FTP for an aerobic interval, aerobic threshold interval is good? Yes. Yeah, so that would be, so 90%, that would be like for most people, the top end, like fairly fit or rather mm-hmm. fit athletes will be around 90%. Okay. More like less fit or newer riders um, might be closer to 80% okay. in terms of power. So the, the percentage of FTP and power um, will line up usually between 80 and 90% right. of one's FTP. So sweet spot, the definition varies, but it often is kind of like upper 80s to mid 90%. Mm-hmm. So kind of there's like some overlap mm-hmm. um, depending on how fit the rider is. Um, and that's why I, we don't like to actually prescribe these by power right, right. because everyone's fitness level is differently. And so if you ask a less fit, aerobically fit rider to ride at 85 to, you know, let's say 88% of their FTP, their heart rate might be quite a, well beyond the 80% of max heart rate that we like to put. Well, I'll use myself as an example yeah. because I am not as aerobically fit as you are. And I did two of these aerobic threshold interval workouts this week outdoors. And I was doing like five, 10 minute intervals. I was holding 174 watts average for those 10 minutes. That's about 83% of my FTP. Okay. I mean, that's not bad, but it's certainly no 90%. So it's much, yeah, I I would not want to do this workout based on a power or my heart rate would no longer be aerobic. Right. And it changes throughout the season too. So yeah, I'll use myself for example. Just this week, I was more like probably mid eighty percent of mm-hmm. my current FTP right now. But when I'm fitter and more capable of holding, you know, that level mm-hmm. later in the season, as I'm preparing for like a big race like Leadville, I might be able to push it closer to the ninety percent. Right, so. right. So if you're obeying the heart rate rules, then you're not like cheating yourself out of the opportunity to develop the aerobic infrastructure. Exactly. Because you got stuck on a number of watts you were supposed to produce. Right. So that's, again, why we like to train by heart rate. And the heart rate zone or percentages we like to stick in for aerobic threshold intervals is that 75 to 80% of your max heart rate. Mm -hmm. So zone two sort of ends at 74%, let's say, of max. And then aerobic threshold or that zone three picks up there for 75 up to 80% of Mm -hmm. max heart rate. And these intervals are not necessarily hard. And again, it goes back to how fit the person is. An an unfit, aerobically fit person, they're going to be actually quite easy. They're going to have to go so slowly that they're going to be really easy feeling. Maybe an RPE of like six or five even, depending 
on who it is, where a more fit rider, because now you're doing a higher percentage of your FTP, doing more power, mm-hmm. it actually can be quite a challenging workout. Um, and, you know, that's another reason why it, these aren't optimal training at, by a power percentage and it's better to train by heart rate. Well, I, I find myself having to hold back just like everybody oh, for sure. else. Yeah. I mean, I do love these workouts and they're not stressful, which is what I love about them. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're getting good quality work without the stress of the, you know, pain that you're going to have doing something like a VO2 for max. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I constantly have to look down at my head unit on my, on my bike and make sure that I'm in the right heart rate area. Oh, for sure. Cause yeah. it's just easy to, Oh, I want to go. Oh, I see a rider up there. I want to yep. catch them. It's or you like, start thinking of a, a race yeah, or whatever. Whatever. It's like, yeah. no, slow down. You yep. got this girl. You yeah. That it. happened to me the other day. Yeah. I was like thinking about something that got me excited. I looked down and I'm five beats over my 80%. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, okay. Sit down, slow down a little bit. Bring it back down. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, super valuable workout. So typically, um, these intervals will prescribe as short as five minutes, like just starting out, but they're usually more like 10 minutes and then all the way up to maybe 45 minutes. That's more like the longest durations. Mm -hmm. So in our base builder program, for example, the very first aerobic threshold workout is like seven or eight times five minutes. So it's not a hard workout. Like you said, you don't have to dread it. You get a a good bang for your buck and then it progresses pretty quickly on the you know, four or five by 10 minutes and mm-hmm. then some 15 minute ones, 20 minute ones. And then later on in season, pref- preferably outdoors, cause those are long, starts to get long indoors is we'll be doing like 30 minute, 40 minute, maybe a 45 minute long ones. And so my favorite workout getting ready for Leadville is going to winter park actually and climbing you know, you up love that one. fire road. Yeah. And it's like 45 minutes, 40, 45 minutes to the top. It's like a big climb. You go all the way up to 11,500 right. or whatever. And you just get, you know, you hit the lap button and up you go and you get to the top and um, that's a great, do that three or four times and you're good to go, and which is the, a big and workout. And all the downhillers think you're crazy. Oh yeah, then you're riding the downhill course on your XC bike. Well, so. even... Or going up past yeah, when them, they, yeah. yeah, when you're going up and they're like hanging out talking, they think we're nuts. Yeah, they don't understand it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so a total amount of interval work might be as short as 30 minutes and up to maybe two hours or okay. sometimes a little beyond. Um, and then the other key workout is sort of a extension or continuation of this aerobic threshold concept in terms of heart rate, but it's we call it aerobic strength workouts or muscle tension or big gear intervals. It's got a lot of names to it, but it's basically creating more force or torque on the pedals, so a lower cadence, mm-hmm. um, but sticking to those that 75 to 80 percent heart rate. So it's aerobic threshold in terms of the heart rate mm-hmm. effort, but the muscular effort goes way up um, into really possibly, depending on how fit, again, somebody is, that power output because of that muscle tension and extra torque, power might be more. And also the lower cadence often suppresses the heart rate, keeps it down just a little bit, and you can do more power. So you start to potentially be doing more power more closer to like zone four or like closer to your FTP um, which, yeah, I know with you, that's a, you see that a lot in your efforts, yeah. right? <laughs> I just love this workout. Like, it, it does make me feel strong even when I'm not the strongest one in the gym. But, yeah, I said that I was doing 83% of my FTP for the aerobic threshold intervals. Right. But I was cranking out 94% of my FTP today when I did 9 by 5 minutes for right. these. And it just felt good. Like, yeah. Again, I have to hold myself back because I'm excited and I want to go, but I was really dedicated and disciplined with keeping my heart rate where it should be. And it was just like fun to see how much power I was producing. Yeah, exactly. It's a good full body workout. Totally. Yeah, it really is. It's one you concentrate on and really engage the glutes and the back muscles. My my booty was on fire. Yeah. And I said to Sophia, like, oh, I'm doing this right. My butt's on fire. This is great. Exactly. So we create more muscle tension by. If we're outside, we're riding up a hill, moderate grade hill, perhaps. You're going to probably do that in a little bit bigger gear. So it's like more resistance than Mm -hmm. we typically pedal at and a lower cadence. So cadence, if we're outside, might vary because there's some undulations going up hills. Um, As low as maybe 50, I wouldn't dip much below Mm -hmm. that if you can avoid it because it can irritate your knees potentially. And, you know, maybe up to 65, but like right around 60 RPMs is kind of the sweet spot. 
um, for that. And so because you're pedaling more slowly, really think about engaging those muscles around the full pedal stroke. You know, think about the hamstrings, think about the glutes, you know, coming over the top, um, and not just rely solely on your quad muscles. Um, and then also keeping your core engaged and I mean, even like your shoulder blades and everything like holding the bars and it makes a big difference Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and again, we're still training by heart rate. So keeping our heart rate under 80%, you know, right around 75 to 80%, and then see where the power goes, like you do. See what percentage of your FTP or, you know, where your power ends up and try to maintain consistency there in the intervals. Try not to, like, do the first couple at, you know, 275 watts, and then the last ones you dip down to 225 watts. You know, maybe you didn't pace yourself properly there or fuel appropriately. Um and these intervals are um, not as long as the aerobic threshold intervals, but a typical one is kind of five to maybe 15 minutes would be like the longest I would do. Um, and I know in our base builder program, we actually start out the first couple workouts are just like a minute or two mm-hmm. repeated several times just to kind of ease us into it. I think that's why it's like figure this out. If you've never done 60 RPMs in a big year, right. you, you, you need to practice. Yeah, them. for sure. I jump right in with five minute ones personally, but I've done these for like two decades now. Um, where like you said, newer people, let's start with some one minuteers, some two minuteers, three minuteers, mm-hmm. gradually build up. That way we don't irritate our knees or anything like that. And then you can also mix it up standing and seated. I know when we did these in the trainer studio, we would purposefully do that. We'd say like this interval, I want you to stand the whole time. Mm-hmm. This interval, I want you to stay seated. So that's a good strategy indoors just to break up the monotony. Outdoors, I'm not quite as strict. I mean, at times I am like today though, I did this workout and it was just like, I know this climb's about 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes. I'm just going to go up the climb. And if I need to stand at times, I'm going to stand. If I can sit, I'll sit. That's you know, what I did. And kind of just go with it yeah. that way. It doesn't have to be ultra precise. <laughs> um, and then, again, it all just boils down to ride at those moderate intensity heart rate zones. See what your how your power is responding. And that can really let you shine some light on are you improving? Are you mm-hmm. pacing well? is something way off. Like if you're at 80% max heart rate and your power's way down for some reason, that, I mean, that's a red flag to take note. Um, so there's a lot of good reasons to be training by heart rate. And then if you have power available, reference the power. Right. And with that in mind, I'll give a tip for anyone out there doing yeah. this workout outdoors with a heart rate monitor, but yet you don't have a power meter on okay. the bike. Yeah. Yeah. Cause for years I trained that way. Yep. Um, you would just want to go up and down the same hill, start at the same spot, you know, that rock or that little sign, and note where you end up at the top of the hill in five minutes or whatever length the interval is, and go, oh, I made it to this little shrub. Let's see if I can make it to the shrub or a few feet farther next time, and just keep repeating the same spot. And I think that really helps get you to know that, like, how you're doing within the course of the workout making sure you're fueling right. Because if you, if you start dropping way back, then you probably didn't keep your calories up. Mm. Um, and then like the next time you come back to the workout, you can go, oh my gosh, like it, even in one week, I'm going like 25 feet farther than that, that shrub at the top of the hill. Yeah. I, I think that's very motivating for me. And it's helpful to have some sort of standard of measurement if you don't have a power meter. Yeah, that's a great tip. And that works for a lot of the different Yeah, for sure. I, I did all the workouts in our our recipe book without power for years. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely ways to repeat it and see how you're doing. Right, right. Yeah, and so we were also going to mention something about making sure people's, like, FTPs and heart rates are correct. We got got a message from a lady in the Base Builder program, and she's kind of being hard on herself and said, like, oh, I'm not aerobically fit. Like, my, my I don't get enough TSS for these workouts, and, you know, what do I do? And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Let me check it out. So I actually dug into her training peaks and saw that she had done a test last week because at the beginning of our base builder program, we do a um, a four-minute test, a one-minute test, calculate a current FTP. Um, And she had done it, but she had not actually updated her zones in like the background settings of her training peaks. Mm. And in fact, her FTP was 25 watts lower based on the current test than it what? was previously or okay. was currently. Yeah. And, you know, maybe she had done that test 
a different way, you know, a different type of test and had to calculate it more likely. Yeah. More likely she was like in phenomenal shape from like a race season and she's not in phenomenal shape right now. She's like in early season shape. Right. So I, I haven't got to write her back yet, but like that, that was just sort of interesting to look because yeah, she wasn't getting the right TSS calculated for the workout at all, like at all, because the computer thought, well, yeah, you're not doing that much work based on your FTP. And if the FTP is now corrected, it will flush it through that and come up with a, a more appropriate TSS for the amount of work she's doing. Right. Am so I saying that right? I think so. It's important. Bottom line is it's important to be accurate with your zones. Right. With the FTP number, if you care about TSS calculations, that's what FTP is good for mm-hmm. and needed for. So you need to do your testing, whether it's our test or whatever test, to figure out your FTP. And then also know what your kind of current or working max heart rate is mm-hmm. too. Because that's another interesting thing we've been seeing with some of our junior riders is like, we'll ask them, what, what's the highest heart rate you've seen? And they're like, oh, 210, which is sort of normal for young people. And it's like, when was that? Well, it was in July, you know, at a crit race that I did and it was really hot and, you know, I got the super high number. Okay, so your heart can, in fact, go that high. And what did you do in your four-minute anaerobic power test? You know, and maybe it was like... 197. Yeah, 197. Kind of a big difference there. And, you know, I personally think you go with sort of that, like, current working Mm -hmm. max, assuming they went as hard as they possibly could for four minutes. That is going to get you pretty darn close to your max. I mean, maybe there's an argument to be said, like, it might take five, six, seven minutes to get... You could have squeezed a few more beats. So if you want to give yourself a few more beats out of that, um, go for it. But make sure those heart rates and power numbers are set correctly. Mm-hmm. So the rest of your workout prescription is calculating up correctly. Right. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it makes sense. And I hope this lady I'm going to email isn't like devastated when I tell her her FTP is 25 watts lower. The good news actually is she's not as aerobically unfit as she thinks she is. She didn't have her zones correct. Right. Like overall, she's not as fit, but that's normal in January. The good news is she's actually more aerobically fit than she thinks she's right. she is. Right. Because if you have your FTP set too high, then your TSS scores, you know, the computer is going to think you're not working that hard. Right. 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 But she actually so was TSS working. Lower. She had a solid workout today. Right. All right, cool. Okay. Well, if you have questions, you can send us an email. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we're <laughs> rambling now. Okay. So to kind of summarize this, like put, sim- you know, put, put it this way, put it simply. Aerobic training trains your cardio infrastructure that enables you to do more work. So work is power. So the more aerobically fit, the more cardiovascular infrastructure you can create, the more power you can potentially do, pedal at. So train by heart rate with these. This will keep you from going too hard, which is a common error. And I, myself included, will do that. And if you're if, human, you will do it. Right. So train by heart rate. Use that as your governor for these aerobic efforts, right? It's all about making sure you don't train too hard. Then with this increased aerobic fitness, then you can start to train the muscles to do more work or more power, Okay. Then you're going to start training by power so you know you're going hard enough when we're doing higher intensity intervals. Does that make sense? Yes, and my dog is barking in the back. Um, All right. So. Um, so let, that, that's a good like little transition or bridge to what we're going to talk about next, which is sort of the upcoming key workouts within our base builder program. And... We're going to be focusing on what we call our 64-minute power, which corresponds to our anaerobic threshold energy system. <clears throat> All right, so the classic interval structure for that we tend to use in our programs is just taking your the duration of max power that relates to your energy system and dividing that by four. So in this case, a 64-minute power, max power that we're looking to train, which, by the way, lines up with what, what we utilize for FTP, functional threshold power, 
You're going to divide that by four. The classic workout then is four by 16 minutes at your 64-minute power. So this, this is going to be a common theme throughout the coming weeks as we do more and more interval training that we want to break these up. And, and rather than, okay, so we want, to tr- we want to train our muscles to produce the power that we can produce for 64 minutes straight. That would be like a full gas effort. Like that would be a race. Right, but if we just told everyone to go ride hard for an hour, that would be the most painful workout. That would be a horrible workout. So you right. break it up into intervals. That's what intervals are. So four by 16 minute intervals at that 64 minute power is much more tolerable, mm-hmm. much more manageable. It is still a very hard workout, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. <laughs> and we don't jump right into that either, by the way, and we'll get to that in a minute. But that would be kind of the what you're at least building up to mm-hmm. achieving, okay? So for the next couple of weeks in our base builder program is we'll be doing, um, we'll, we're gonna be doing what I call broken intervals. So we're gonna take those 16 minute intervals and break them into little smaller bites. So the first week or first workout of the program, I think um, next week is eight times eight, yeah, eight times two minutes with a one minute recovery at sixty-four minute power. Right. Because eight times two minutes is sixteen minutes, right? But and we're we just breaking that, it up. Right, and I think we do that set twice to make a total of thirty-two minutes. Most people in there, yeah, will be will be doing that twice. Some again, it'll depend on. A person's fitness level and mm-hmm. how much TSS their training load they're trying to accomplish will determine how many sets of that they'll do. But most people, like if for about an hour, you know, with a warm up and a cool down and everything else, um, they'll be for an okay. hour ish workout midweek. That's kind of what a lot of people are at. There'll be two of those um, sets of eight times two. Well, it's great because you're holding your hour power for two minutes, so it's really not that right. painful or difficult. So yeah. you feel like you accomplished it and you were successful. Yeah. But it accumulates. It adds up. And, it does. It starts then, out very easy, in fact. Um, yeah. Extremely achievable. And then it might get a little more challenging towards the end um, of the 8 by 2s And then you get a little extended break before the next set um, of the 8 by 2s And then we're going to progress that as we move forward. And go the next workout, if that one goes successfully, then the next workout might be four times four minutes. Again, that's our 16 minutes with one minute recovery in between those four minute ones. So we're just holding that 64 minute power a little longer. But the total amount of work done within the workout is actually the same, right? Because you're Mm -hmm. still doing two sets of 16 minutes worth of 64 minute power. So 32 minutes worth of work at your 64 minute power. Mm-hmm. or possibly more if you're doing more to get a higher training load. And then it'll progress two times eight minutes, and then finally you might, if those are all going successful, you might finally get to that 16-minute interval that you might do two or three or potentially mm-hmm. four times. Um, so that's kind of the, the key there, the key workout of the week. That's a great one. <laughs> I, I, I had forgotten these were called broken intervals, like this methodology of introducing an energy system and sort of tackling it. And I I love it because I think it sets people up for success. Right. And that's our whole goal here is we want to, the whole idea of training an energy system by the power you could maximally hold and then breaking it into intervals is in fact, so you make it very tolerable, very achievable. You dread it maybe a little less. I mean, you still will dread some of the, like the VO2 max. It's hard not to, they're hard just to get, get around it either. Any way you slice it, but by breaking it up makes it a lot more tolerable. And then breaking it up into these little broken intervals mm-hmm. because it's such a long interval and it's so early in the season. Right. So later we'll revisit anaerobic threshold power intervals like, I don't know, like late spring, probably outside instead of inside because that's another little trick. A lot of people are doing these intervals this time of year inside. Mm-hmm. And could you imagine just jumping right into a 16-minute interval indoors? I would cry. Yeah, like, that, I, how, that would not be fun at all. I think coaches do that, though, to like look cool. Like, here's your hard workout that I created for you. Right. And I just don't agree with it. Like, right. make it make it so that your athlete feels like they can accomplish this. Yeah. Have a successful workout and then progress in the next one. Hold that power a little bit longer, you know, and then progress again. And then in the summer, you're going to be fit and ready to go. And right. we'll jump right in and we'll be doing you know, three, four of these, you know, 16 You can do them outdoors and it's just a whole nother ball of wax. Right, exactly. Is that the right phrase, ball of wax? I really shouldn't try cliches, but go on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's kind of like the the workouts coming up, workout of the week, if you want to call it that. 
Um, the number of sets depends on your training loads and targets. So obviously the more work you do at your 64 minute power, mm-hmm. the more TSS you're going to accumulate. Um, that's really specific to the rider. Um, and our base builder program and Leadville base to plus race program, we go in and we optimize that load for each individual. So mm-hmm. some people in that program might be doing two sets. Some people might be doing three sets. I don't know if anyone's doing four sets in January. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. I, don't, I think I'm going to do four sets. <laughs> that's a little bit much for now. Um, but that way you can manipulate your training volume, training load that way. So, and then you nailed it. Yeah. Achievable progressions are the key to successful workouts and then successful workouts lead to consistency. And And that's the key right there. Right. Excellent. You get a sticker. That was good. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully, you know, this is a workout you could integrate into your own training. If you are, you know, it is post January one, the Leadville lottery just happened. You're picking your races for next year if you're looking for training programs we've got um, our base builder training plans available on training peaks that will utilize this workout we've got our uh, base builder program which is our virtual coach-led program that you and i lead Mm -hmm. weekly zoom calls talk about all the stuff with our riders optimize their training for them their training loads includes strength Um, training includes our strength training we don't talk about enough but it's good good stuff right so super cool program and if you get in on the leadville portion it takes you all the way to leadville um and there's still time to jump in on that for sure so if that sounds appealing to you hit us up um with some questions and we can answer them for you okay all right do you have anything else you wanted to say i don't think so we covered a lot of we did. workout details <laughs> <laughs> well i was excited to talk about the aerobic strength ones because sophia and i had such a fun time outdoors today doing it mm-hmm. i shouldn't rub in the outdoor part of it but just doing the workout with a, a friend in this case my daughter was just fun yeah and yeah yeah and i good. had a good time doing them with the athlete I coach, Jack, Aww, my Leadville buddy. Yeah. Um, we we hit the local group ride, which was pretty hard, and then yeah. um, recovered a little after that, and then we did our strength intervals after the group ride. Oh, so. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay. And then I had a bonus with my morning where when I ran into the two of you at the stoplight, or stop sign, yeah. and we got to cruise through town together. Right. It was a win. Okay, well, um, looks like you have some notes to write up for the show notes so that people know how to use the codes to, to yes. cash in on the feed deal. Yep. And so take advantage of that. We're excited yeah, to have them on board, the for feed. Sure. Thank you, Brandon, for that deal. And um, just reach out with any questions or concerns to Cody at teamweight.com, Cody with a C, or Kathy at teamweight.com, Kathy with a K. And we'll talk to you in a couple weeks otherwise. Sounds good. All Happy right. training. Happy training. Take care. Everything we discuss on the Weight Endurance Podcast, we integrate into our annual Base Builder training program and downloadable training plans. Our Base Builder program is an annual online virtual group training program with us as your coaches, allowing you to build your best cycling-based fitness possible to prepare you for your next riding season. We also offer downloadable training plans for base building, cycling-specific strength training, and specialized race preparation for road, gravel, mountain bike racing, and everything in between. Consider our training plan subscription service, where you gain access to all of our training plans for as little as $20 per month. This allows you to easily switch between plans to create your most complete annual training progression. Regardless of the type of cyclist you are, by becoming a part of the weight endurance training community, you're allowing us to help you become a fitter and faster cyclist. Thank you.